Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, uh, a podcast that fights for, argues in favor of, and stands uh, upright in support of full people's liberation. Uh, And, you know, I, I myself intend to fight to the bitter end for a true proletarian international movement um, for humanity, for liberation of human beings from this awful society that we live in. So something that I think tends to happen a lot, right? And I think this is something that is no one's fault necessarily uh, in in the sense of how we usually mean that word or that that uh relationship you know um for example if uh if we were to say capitalism is jeff bezos's fault or the inequality that exists in the world is elon musk's fault well that wouldn't really be true right but quite certainly the worsening of those circumstances as well as, uh, you know, the fact that these people have a relationship with the system that is creating this awful inequality, this awful existence for such a huge portion of the world's population. Uh, These people, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, many others like them and many others much worse than them, uh, exist and profit and... Uh, benefit themselves through the enrichment that comes from this practice, this system, this society, which uh, has has two very distinct uh, groups within that society. One might go as far as to describe them as classes. Uh, so there's two very distinct classes. And I think that we all know where I'm going with this, but you have the ruling class and the working class, right? But I think that a lot of us are, I don't want to say being dogmatic, but refusing to evolve our theories, refusing to acknowledge that things can change, um, which... You know, I am a self-described Marxist-Leninist. I say that because I have read most of Marx's foundational texts. I have read quite a few of Lenin's writings. And I feel that that synthesis of theory of Marxism-Leninism is a very succinct theory which has led to uh, people's liberation movements all throughout Africa, Asia, uh, in Latin America. So I think that I think that denying the concrete things that Marxist Leninism has allowed people to achieve is uh, a falsifying of the truth. But at the same time, I completely understand people's hesitation towards that. Because 
we have to understand, and this is kind of where I was going earlier, we have to understand that things are immensely complex, right? Like, for example, one of the most common phrases any leftist says is that there's two classes, the ruling class and the working class. And as true as that is, it is far more uh, dense, it is far more complex than simply that. Um, Within American society, I would argue, there is not just simply a ruling class and a working class. You boil it down to its very you know, core to its very foundation, this might be true, but there are different groups within society that contain parts of each, you know, side of that coin. You have what Lenin described as your labor aristocracy, which, uh, I mean, labor aristocracy is kind of a difficult term for me to nail down into what it really means. Um, labor aristocracy, and then also, like, you have your upper middle class people, the type that, you know, are the what the participants in the, the Trump rally at the Capitol the other day. Um, although, uh, you know, earlier I said, you know, these people are hurting people, and, like, these people are struggling people, and these people are working class people, that's only partially true, right? Like, these people are certainly working class people, but they're not working class allies. Their ideology, the what little ideology they do have, um, and their interests are not in favor of the working class or in alignment with the working class as a whole. So even though they exist as members of the working class, they are not, shall we say, comrades, right? And even though there might be um, comrades in the mix, even though there might be people on that side of the coin, which one day might be fighting alongside us, uh, that doesn't mean that right now we got to be like, super keen towards uh, reinforcing that behavior or reinforcing the uh, ideas that led to that behavior, right? But I don't really want to talk about that today. What I really want to talk about is what we were talking about earlier, which is, you know, the importance of uh, Marxism, Leninism as a whole, but also just um, kind of to jump back to the very beginning, just like uh, a need to really have a a people's liberation, a proletarian international movement, right? Uh, revolution. And I know that that's uh, a very stingy word for some, revolution, right? What does it mean? It's, uh, it's filled with bias, it's filled with context, it's filled with contradictions, it, it's filled with history. It's filled with different ideas, right? Asking someone what a revolution may look like is just about as easy as asking someone, you know, what what damage would the atomic bomb do before they had ever dropped it? No one can know what the revolution in America might look like today, or what it might lead to, or what it might look towards doing until it starts happening, right? Nobody understood uh, 
in full the process of evolution, the process of natural selection, until Charles Darwin synthesized that theory into an understood hypothesis, into an understood argument, right? A theory. And so we have to understand that these things as frequently as we want to talk about, okay, this is what we have to do, this is how we have to organize, this is what actions we have to take, this is what we have to represent, this is what, uh, you know, the revolution has to look like, we have to understand that when we're talking about these things, we're talking about revolutions that have happened in Russia, that have happened in South America, that have happened in Asia, that have happened in, you know, Africa. America, among all the other countries in the world is one of the most complex, one of the most difficult uh, histories and societies that exist today, right? And saying that something is complex is like a, a gross abstraction of it because if we want to understand what that means, complex... We have to understand why it's complex. I don't have all the answers for that, right? I can't tell you every reason why American society is screwed up, why it's contradictory, why it doesn't work, why it benefits some and hurts others. I might not say the thing that really gets you to, you know, jump off the ledge with the rest of us, right? Um... That is a joke. That's a parody. Don't jump off any ledges unless they are uh, um, uh, one inch off the ground above a huge pool uh, filled with um, water and cool floaties, right? Cool. Avoided that. Thanks, guys. Just staying above the law here. Um, But yeah, no, like, that is difficult to really say the thing that gets someone to go, oh shit, you're right. I was there, right? I'm sure that most of you who are listening to this have been there. Um, I was a liberal at one point. I was even a conservative at one point, a Republican nonetheless. Um, Not in any kind of like politically understood way, right? But like my parents are Protestant conservatives, Um, both of which, including my grandparents and most of my family, voted for Trump, uh, probably in 2020 again. Uh, None of them will tell me, so that seems about fitting. Um, But again, so like, that's where I come from. So I really understand the difficulty of under, you know, coming to a complete understanding of some of the things that people like myself and others like me talk about. You know, some of these theories, some of these ideas that we take for granted on the left are not so, you know, easily understood for much of this country, especially this country, Um, and because of the complexity that exists within this country, right? So, if we in America really want to have conversations about making change, right, If that's really something we want to do, well, then we have to start, you know, battening down the hatches and getting to studying. I don't mean, if you don't read theory, you're not a true leftist, right? That's obviously not what I'm saying. And if you have ever listened to my show, I would hope and pray that you 
recognize that. And if you are listening to my show for the first time, you should know that that's that's never something that I'm going to do. Like, I definitely talk about theory maybe more than some of my friends and listeners might want. But I'm never going to sit here and say that anyone is less of a leftist because they don't read theory. Like, that's not how that shit works. Not for nothing. Not everybody can fucking read, right? Okay? Not everybody likes reading. Hey, not everybody's really smart and can understand this shit that easily, right? So, I am one of those people who's not very smart, who can't understand this shit easily. But there are a lot of resources out there to understand this shit. And that's why I think that it's really important that we really, you know, come to terms with the fact that on all levels of the political spectrum in America today, there is a huge lack of education. And I mean that in a few different ways. First and foremost, there is just simply a lack of education, period. Because the American education system, whether we want to talk about it's the intentionality or the unintended consequence uh, that this truth is, it doesn't really matter whether it was intentional or not. The fact of the matter is the American education system today and basically, as far as I can understand, for the majority of the public education system in America has been hot dog shit, right? More than anything, it focuses on American exceptionalism, which if you don't know what that is, um, you know what fascism is? Yeah, that's what American exceptionalism is, right? It's when you teach everyone in your country that your country is better than every other country. And all the histories that say that actually America is bad are lying. And all the times when people question whether or not America's history was really that good, they're a communist. And because they're a communist, they're bad, right? And if you believe a certain truth about America, like maybe America is free, you know, something as common as that, and someone challenges that and says, well, actually, if you look at the actual life that we're all living, if you look at the reality of American society, if you look at the material conditions that the majority of people in American society live in, you can clearly see that America is not any more free than any other country where it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars for basic medical procedures, where it costs thousands of dollars to get a higher education, where it costs thousands of dollars to have a home, where it costs thousands of dollars to feed ourselves every year, even though all of those things are constantly being produced, constantly in abundance, constantly sitting on shelves in the case of food and things like that and being thrown out. You got vacant homes all over the country. You got classes that sit empty because nobody can afford to take them. You know what I mean? You got people who die every single year because they can't afford a medical procedure. How the fuck is that a free society? How the fuck is America free if that is true? And it is. And we can sit here and say, oh, no, it's not. Guess what? You're wrong. And we got to start saying that. We really got to start saying that on the left, that just plain and simply, people are fucking wrong. And it's, again, not necessarily their fault, but it, it, not for nothing, in a lot of these spheres where we're talking about, like, leftist on leftist conversations, 
where people are of the camp of like, oh, you know, Joseph Stalin was bad, so everything that the USSR did is bad, and we're not going to learn anything about it. Or uh, Mao, uh, China, or not Mao, I shouldn't say, because Mao was very anti-participatory uh, capitalism. Um, but China is state capitalist, and therefore not a socialist state because it participates in capitalism. Or, you know, Venezuela openly trades with the United States, or Actually, I don't know if that's true. So let's correct that and let's use a different one then because I don't know if that is true. Something that I do know is true is that Cuba in its beginning stages after the revolution from 1959 to 1961 did in fact trade with the United States, right? And they used that relationship uh, in order to try to open communication and avoid things like armed struggle with the United States. But that was not something that the United States was willing to commit to. And so then you see Fidel Castro having to sell off uh, most of his people's freedom uh, for the sake of their full stomachs, their uh, hospitals full of medicine and doctors, and their brains full of an education, right? Um, He had to recreate a monoculture. He had to re- Uh, enslave his people to some extent because now, I mean, really in the beginning in 1961, the only thing that was different was who they were selling the the sugar to, right? But again, it's all a process. We have to understand all of these things in their context. So much of our understanding, and again, it is not our fault, but when we do not correct it, it is. A lot of our understanding in general is based off of formal logic, which I'm going to admit here, don't have a great understanding of. I literally just listened to an episode of a show called The Room is on Fire or Room on Fire podcast, I think it's called, where they talked about dialectical materialism and it was a fantastic source. So shout out Room on Fire podcast. It's episode 30 titled Dialectical Materialism. I can't remember what the rest of the title is, but if you're looking to understand dialectical materialism or looking for a good show to listen to, definitely check those folks out. It was a great show and I really have enjoyed everything that I've listened to of theirs so far since then. Um, But something that we need to begin to understand is that like, again, all of these things exist within a given society within a given context, within a given period of history, within a, you know, we can keep diving further and further and further and further into these things. And that's what we should be doing. But a lot of us aren't, right? A lot of us come to an understanding through formal logic, which if you want like the real broad abstract explanation of really what that is, it basically is you know, you, something either is true or is false. It can't be true and false. If it's true, it can't be false. If it's false, it can't be true. It has to be either true or false. It can't be neither. You know what I mean? A is equal to A or it is not equal to A. Those are the two truths which can exist. But I mean, if we're, if we're talking about things as complicated as like these huge modes of production and appropriation in economic systems and global structures and 
uh, broad spheres of influence and exploitation and oppression. These things are a little bit more complicated than either is true or isn't true, right? Like, I was just on the phone with my grandma earlier and I said, you know, capitalism can't just be good or just be bad. If you look at capitalism in America, for a lot of people, capitalism is good. You take that very same capitalism, look at it in Haiti, look at it in South America, look at it in Asia, look at it in Africa, it is no longer good. Or, at the very least, it is bad for a majority of people, if not all people, right? So, a lot of our understandings of things, and I'm going to call... I'm going to call out the left here, which I mean the left. What the fuck does that mean? But people on the left-hand side of things do this shit too. Um, I see a lot of anarchists who just refuse to listen to any Marxist-Leninists because, you know, tankies. I I see Marxist-Leninists who refuse to talk to sock dems or refuse to talk to, you know, um, anyone outside of Marxist-Leninism because they're quote, liberals, right? And again, I get it. You're t- in America, you're told your whole life that your opinion is gold. If anyone ever questions it, they're questioning your freedom of speech. That's not true. That's just plainly not true. And it's not true because it can be proven to not be true, right? And that's what we have to understand is like, there are things that can be both true and untrue. There are things that can be false. There are things that can be true. There are things that we can think are false, but are actually true and vice versa. But most of these things can be proven or disproven through any kind of analysis. Uh, more importantly, a, you know, a deep scientific analysis of, you know, I, I think that that's something a lot of us took for granted in middle school, the scientific uh, process, the scientific, uh, theory, because, like, I mean, I get it going, like, okay, you form a hypothesis, and then you, or first you ask a question, then you form a hypothesis, and then you go from there, right, we all remember it, I obviously don't, we're gonna move on, um, but, like, this is a process which is incredibly important if we're talking about actually changing things, right, If you're to expect to change something as monumentally complex as American society, and more importantly, change the world through that change in American society, or whatever country you're listening to this in or thinking needs to change, if you're trying to change society, you're trying to change reality, that cannot be understated. It is a massive upheaval that many of us are taking on. It is something which we will have to organize. We will have to think clearly. We will have to take scientific scientific approaches and analysis towards. And we have to wholly be understood that these things are constantly changing, constantly evolving. 
So if we're to be rational, we have to keep it in our mind that something that might have worked in 1917 Russia or 1959 Cuba or, um, you know, 18, oh, geez, 03 or 1805 Haiti, those things aren't going to work in 2021 America. Or, at the very least, they aren't necessarily going to work. Meaning, they might not be universally uh, usable. They might have to be looked at and adapted for the given context. And that's why I think it's really annoying when people say, oh, China isn't communist because they go with uh, communism with Chinese characteristics, and so that's reformism, da 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 I get it. You know, we all read these books and then we see people who call themselves communists not be as communist as we think we are. Hey, what the fuck are you doing? Are you sitting behind a phone on Facebook and saying China isn't communist because uh, Xi Jinping uh, is willing to participate in capitalism and build, you know, this new Silk Road and trade with capitalist countries and imperialist nations? Okay. What are you doing? Oh, you're sitting behind a computer? In America, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up, right? Um, a lot of us have it in our heads that we can call out these socialist movements, these socialist programs um, from, again, as many people far before me have used the phrase, as armchair philosophers, okay? Unless you are actively involved in these struggles, it, it should be said that uh, your opinion is worth dick. Uh, I don't give a fuck what anyone in New York City or anyone in the Midwest or anyone in Canada has to say about the Vietnamese Revolution or the Korean War or the uh, Chinese uh, state capitalist society. Unless, you know, that analysis is clearly based in material conditions, which, I mean, is not impossible from outside of these countries, but it is definitely insanely more difficult, and it is very easy to fall into just simple uh, half-baked ideas, uh, lacking analysis, and formal logic of saying, okay, this thing is either communist or it is not communist, or let's jump back because I guess communist wouldn't be the right word. China is either socialist or not socialist, but that people who say stuff like that, like if you're new to the left and you have a conversation with someone that says something either is or isn't socialism, they have not even read socialism, utopian and scientific, which if you're to be spouting off any bullshit about what socialism is or isn't, you should have at the very least read that. It's such an easy text to read. And again, well aware some people don't read, well aware that some people don't read well, well aware that some people don't like reading. But again, I think it should be taken in context that if you're running your mouth about something that you just refuse to have taught yourself about, then... I'm not going to feel so bad when I, you know, am a little bit more uh, coarse in my responses than I maybe ought to be. Because, again, that's ignorance. That's, that's a clear dismissal of any material analysis. It's a clear dismissal of any willingness to 
change our opinions, change our ideas based off of things which disprove us. And things can disprove us. Uh, I originally thought that what happened in D.C. was staged. Then I thought it was probably led on by a not-so-savory uh, uh, entity or, you know, one or two folks with uh, three-letter uh, acronyms at the State Department. But more than anything, now I finally come to the understanding, like I said before, that this was just people who saw their apocalyptic moment happen and reacted. That's all we can understand that is because it's all it was. There was no ideology behind it. There was no necessarily, you know, outside influences on it. Although we should be of the understanding that everything is full of outside influences always. Nothing that we think or know is just, you know, in itself true. It's true given a context. Um, and that means that it's true because of its relationship to other things, right? So <laughs> that's a lot. And to some people, you might be going, okay, the fuck are you talking about? I get it, right? This is important because we're talking about changing the world. At the very bottom of what anyone who is listening to this podcast probably thinks is that something needs to change in this world, generally. Now, what that thing that needs to change might be different in everyone's mind who is listening to this. But at the very least, if you're still listening to this point, you probably believe deep in your heart that something needs to change. Okay. I'm with you on that, right? And there's a lot of things that need to change. And a lot of us have hyper-focus on things like maybe Medicare for all or, uh, you know, affordable housing maybe education, such as myself, maybe revolution people who think we just gotta fucking pick up the guns and get to it. All of that is necessary in a given context, in a given time and space, but we also have to contextualize our place in history. And something that I think a lot of leftists, including myself, need to put themselves in check about is the fact that we are not at all close to any kind of structural change in this country. Now, can that change in a moment? Absolutely. Lenin said it first, or at least said it in the most memorable way for most leftists. There are decades when nothing happens, and then there are weeks when decades happen. What happened at the Capitol building, I would argue, was monumental. The fucking Capitol building was taken over. Now, how it was taken over, we can have a conversation about. But the point of the matter is there were, there were folks with guns in the Capitol building who made the government officials flee for their lives, quote unquote. Air quotes again, we don't know the whole circumstances. But the Capitol building was taken, and that is going to politicize people. That is going to get, you know, the day after that happened, the amount of conversations I had with people in my store, just random people who were like, do you fucking see what happened in D.C.? That politicizes people. The pictures of these men with guns standing at the Capitol building is going to politicize people. But we should also remember that something that also politicized people is a couple months back when 
peaceful protests were walking down the street in front of that building, and there was over 200 armed militiamen there with tanks, with automatic weapons, with, you know, all the resources needed to put down just about everybody there in a heartbeat, right? And I'm not saying, oh, now black people should storm the building in order to prove that, like, you know, black people are treated differently. No, that's not what I'm saying. Like, what... If we're thinking with the same mind here and saying, like, shit needs to change, then we're probably on the same page that black people uh, and people of color in general are treated differently in America than white people. Yeah. And that is disgusting, right? And that is something that even in leftist spaces needs to be acknowledged. You know, a lot of leftist spaces do not have uh, good inclusivity of people of color, of marginalized communities, of indigenous folks, of women, right? Of trans folks. There's entire quote-unquote sex. uh, That's S-E-C-T-S. I have awful speaking skills. Sex. Sects. Right? You're welcome for that. Um, Of leftists who believe everything that I'm talking about, but then go... Unless you're trans. How the fuck do you... Like, okay, that's disgusting, right? We're all in agreement that that is absolutely immoral and not for nothing, just plainly stupid. Like, it's a, it's a dumb analysis. It's just blatantly fucking stupid. But also at the same time, can we talk about the fact that, like, how do you get to the point of saying, like, no... Everything that we know is a classist society and it's built on capitalism and capitalism is an exploitative system which oppresses people for its own benefit and it has engorged itself so far into society that all of the institutions, all of the systems, all of the structures which create that very society that we live in are corrupted, are made to be participatory in that exploitative and that oppressive relationship and are built to uphold and reinforce that system and that that relationship but then you take a huge fucking right turn and you go but if you are transgender god damn it how the fuck do you how how like not for nothing i was totally on the wrong side of the transgender question for far too long than I would like to admit. But all it really took is just actually taking a second to think about it. Instead of just believing what I believed because it's what I believed and going, well, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. How how are you this rational person in this way but not in that way, right? And so my final point is this. If what we're talking about right now and what we as the left in general uh folks that think like yourself and myself if we're to say that like we're we're rational thinkers we understand the world because we say you know we point out what's wrong with it we also have to be rational in our conclusions right uh trotskyists constantly reading the pamphlet is not going to start a revolution um marxist leninists calling everyone a liberal is not going to get enough people on the side of the left to start any kind of revolution anarchists blowing shit up 
arguing with everyone who reads theory is not going to get you the numbers that it's going to take to build the society you're working towards. All of us, every tendency has missteps. And every tendency, just like every religion, just like every belief system, has its extremists. And so when I say anarchists, when I say Trotskyists, when I say Marxists or Marxist-Leninists or Sock Dems or Dem Socks or liberals or conservatives or Republicans or Democrats, of course, these are extremely overgeneralizing terms. What I mean are people within those camps who are extremists, who are dogmatic, who are refusing to look at reality, who are refusing to evolve their thinking. So obviously, if you're an anarchist or a Marxist-Leninist, or a Trotskyist, and you took offense with that, I'm, I mean, I guess I don't know if I'm talking to you, but if I'm not talking to you, I'm sure that you can come to that conclusion on yourself, on your own, and uh, we can be friends, right? Like, I have no problems with any tendency, necessarily. I have problems with people who take a certain tendency and then declare that tendency, like, king shit of fucktown, and denounce anything that deviates from that theory, from those principles, from that understanding whatsoever. Like, that's dogmatism, and that's the same thing that's got in America and many other places in the world to the place that it currently sits in today, where, uh, you know, almost 400,000 people have died from a pretty preventable disease, and millions, if not billions of more, have died for centuries before then to create the society, which has just basically decided that it's okay for those 400,000 people to have died because, you know, like 40 billionaires made almost a trillion dollars in the last uh, year and a half or so. Um, so yeah, like, uh, obviously I'm not talking about everybody generally or like the entire group of people who might call themselves Trotskyists or Marxist-Leninists or, you know, whoever. Maoists, anarchists, liberals. I'm iffy on the liberals, conservatives ones, of course. But even still, the point still stands that these generalizing terms are obviously not speaking about everyone who falls under that camp. That's absurd. And if that's the point that we're arguing about, you haven't paid attention to anything else that I've said. And so I'm not going to sit here and have that conversation with you. Um, I think that if we're to be logical thinkers, if we're to be rational thinkers, we have to be rational and logical in all our thinking. And that's it's kind of the, 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 the long and the short of it all, right? Like, if we want to fix this shit, we got to be smart. Plain and simple. And I think that a lot of us think we're being smart. And a lot of us might be being smart in, uh, like, a fraction of our actions and things that we do. But if what we're intending to do is really changing the fabric of reality, which... On the left, that's what most of us are calling for. I mean, the elimination of capitalism is a complete destruction of the reality that we know as as an earth at this point. And so that's huge change. If we're going to sit here and talk about doing something like that, then at the very least, we can't just argue with everyone who calls themselves a Marxist-Leninist or a Trotskyist or supports Stalin or thinks China is a socialist state or you know, maybe might not have the strongest evolved understanding of histories all over the world. 
those people are still comrades as long as their heart is in it, right? And that's kind of what we have to start thinking about on the left. Um, a clear indicator of uh, society in decay is its privileged folks uh, storming the Capitol building and asking for change. Society needs to change, and people are coming to that understanding more and more. If we on the left expect to be the leading role for that change, well, guess what? We gotta fucking, we gotta, you know, put our feet in a little deeper and say, okay, maybe I don't like reading theory, but maybe I should read Socialism, Utopian, and Scientific before I go on Facebook and talk about what socialism is or isn't. Or, you know, maybe I should read Marxist-Leninist theory. Or maybe I should read anarchist theory. Or maybe I should read, you know, this person or this tendency's ideas before I go off talking about that tendency in any sort of general terms. Like, before we expect to do anything, we should first expect to understand what we're going to do. Even that's even if that's just running our fucking mouths on social media. Like, at least be educated enough to, when you make a point, be able to defend your point. And I do it all the time where I post shit that I think I understand or I'm convincing myself I understand to be like, see, I'm so smart because I got an awful ego that I'm working on, but whatever, y'all don't need to be let in on that. Um, uh, you know, I'm working on it, right? And that's all we can expect for most people. But a lot of people today um, have it in their minds, including myself a lot of the time, that, well, I think this, so everybody else who thinks other things can get fucked. Um, that's not going to get us anywhere. And again, if what we're expecting to do is change the fucking reality of the world that we live in, we should probably get in step with some other people because you're going to need more than your organization of 300 people to start the revolution that you're, you're thinking you're going to start, right? Um, but yeah, so that's, that's it for me today, folks. Um, I hope everybody's staying well. I hope everybody is... Uh, you know, staying healthy, staying safe. Um, if you enjoyed what you were listening, well, first and foremost, if you're still listening to this, thank you very much. I appreciate you. Um, if you liked what you're listening to and you would like to listen to more, you can find my podcast in defense of liberation, uh, just about everywhere that podcasts are streamable. Um, you might have to search for annoying question boy, because I'm still in the process of changing over all my names on all my platforms. Um, because I have no idea how technology works, that might be a problem. But we're, 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 we're vibing, you know. Um, but yeah, so you can check out my podcast there if you liked what you heard, but you, you know, maybe prefer a written form for whatever reason. Uh, you can find my blog at forliberation.wixsite, that's W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash website. Um, and my blog is available there. Uh, also there you can find just my website. So check that out. Cause I'm really proud of how that turned out so far. Um, and yeah, if you guys are like interested in this shit or like interested in organizing or interested in having a comrade, um, I'm like lonely 
I mean, not for nothing. I'm, I think everybody is. But also, I'm trying to work on expanding my thoughts and my community. So, like, if y'all ever want to talk for whatever reason, I said this last episode, and I'll say it again. If you want to just email me and tell me what a stupid fucking commie shithead I am and just roast the shit out of me, go for it. I'll just delete it, right? I'll probably take a screenshot of it and post it on social media because that shit is gold and definitely going to get me views, which I desperately want and need in order to, you know, um, make this shit worthwhile. But uh, if you want to talk to me, hit me up, annoyingquestionboy at gmail.com. I'm going to create another one and start, you know, saying that one. Um, but for now, annoyingquestionboy at gmail.com or, you know, find me on all my social medias. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, at Indefensive Liberation. So you can find me there and you can direct message me there. Uh, so yeah, thanks for listening, folks. I hope everybody is well and we'll see you next time, uh, for liberation and, uh, for a true proletarian international people's revolution, Uh, let's keep fighting folks and, uh, two people and to the revolution. It's been Josh and I'll see you next time. Bye.